Alan Hirsch Advisors, creating aha moments, presents Aha Business Podcasts. We provide opportunities to discover information to help you run your business and guide your decision making. The more you know, the better decisions you make. For more information, log on to alanhirschadvisors.com. I'm your host, Alan Hirsch. Attention business owners, has your business suffered financially from COVID-19? If so, let us help. I'm Alan Hirsch, a member of Business Coaches Assembled under a grant from the Small Business Breakthrough Executive Team. Our mission is to help business owners who have seen their revenues negatively impacted by 20% or more due to the virus. We can help you recover 50,000 to 70,000 or more of your lost revenue over the next 90 to 120 days. For more information, go to www.ahaonlinelearning.com to receive my book, 45 Minute Breakthroughs. That's go to www.ahaonlinelearning.com. Welcome to today's podcast. My uh, guest today is Sir Ju Simmel. He is the uh, owner of Get Business Momentum, uh, which is a coaching practice in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, so, uh, what motivates you to get up in the morning and go to work? Uh, first of all, um, Alan, thank you for having me on your podcast. I'm really appreciative of that. Uh, what motivates me is uh, a really uh, strong desire uh, to um, kind of restore joy. You know, I've I've been. Uh, personally uh, involved in a number of businesses. I founded about three of them. Uh, I've uh, dealt with many businesses, both from the inside and outside. And one of the observation I've made, and I'm talking about uh, entrepreneurial businesses, you know, small, medium-sized businesses. Uh, and one observation I made uh, over the course of time is that in most cases, not always, but in most cases, entrepreneurs and their, the leaders of the business really, um, Kind of run around like chicken with their heads off. Uh, they 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 lose that uh, joy uh, that uh, should drive any entrepreneur in working in his or her business, and that's something that I need to. Uh, uh, I I feel compelled to restore, and um, uh, and I have you know several methods of doing that. Uh, but uh, the fundamental thing is that businesses need to operate in a way that actually allows for joy, allows for people to grow, uh, to have satisfaction, and so forth. So really, that's what motivates me. I totally get my, you know, my pleasure and my happiness when I actually can impact people that way. Yeah, well, I, I feel the same way. I, I like to make a difference in people's lives. And hopefully for the better. Uh, exactly. And uh, uh, it, it's really a blessing when we when we do this. So you know, what brought you here historically? What did you you know? What did you do? And what do you do now? Uh, you do coaching. So let's have a little explanation of where it, where it came from. Sure. Well, you know, I started my first business in 1991. It's been a while. Uh, and then my second business in the mid-90s, and that company actually ended up being a $34 million business. By the end, it got sold about 15, 20 years later. Uh, so I've been an entrepreneur in 
three times. And then uh, I've also um, uh, been an executive for a number of uh, uh, small, medium-sized businesses. Some of them actually a little bit more mature, but still in the mid-size. Like, for example, I did a turnaround for a uh, software company. Uh, my background is in high tech uh, in, the, in the Boston area and so forth. Um, so for a while, for the past, you know, maybe two decades, I've been actually having my own practice. And about uh, eight years or so, I came across a book called Traction, uh, written by Gino Wickman. And coincidentally, or depending on your system of beliefs, maybe not so coincidentally, a good friend of mine from a West Coast said to me in a phone conversation, you know, I need to introduce you to somebody. This guy does uh, a lot of process stuff, and I know you are very good at process, and that's true, I am. Uh, so he introduced me to then uh, Gino Wickman's uh, business partner. Uh, and uh, as they say, there is this history. So uh, about, I don't know, about nine months later, I was invited to get trained by Gino himself. And uh, what the book was about was uh, essentially a system for operating the business. As my reaction to the book was, oh my God, where was this book? when I was actually operating my own business. business. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, we, where we, was we, it? Yeah, yeah and, we all run into those things, you know, where where was this or that when I was running my business, you know, uh, 20 years ago. Exactly. And I was so impressed, um, not only by the system itself and all the components, but actually, and this is when one of the biggest, biggest, um, uh, you know, takeaways and, and influences that Gene and his philosophy had on me as a, uh, you know, business person and, a, you know, Ben as a coach is the, the value of simplicity. He had this knack of taking complex stuff and then just narrow it down to a number of simple things that can actually be put into practice. Because, you know, we have all kinds of complicated things that we do in business and most of the stuff that we teach people uh, go right over their heads because there's only that much that leaders uh, in businesses can actually internalize and in fact apply on a daily basis. Uh, so, uh, so that was really what captivated me at the time. Uh, besides, you know, what you and I just spoke about, whether, you know, well, how come I didn't know about this 20 years prior? Uh, and then, you know, the rest is history. So I've started actually working with uh, companies uh, and helping them implement this, uh, this system. And I've done this uh, for the past seven and a half years and, you know, taken, uh, you know, 60 plus companies through the process. Mm -hmm. So what do you consider uh, your top three professional mentors? Well, you named one mm -hmm. uh, uh, yeah. or heroes. Well, so Jim is definitely one. Um, uh, a second one was um, a teacher and then a partner and then friend of mine. His name is Alex Mandosian. Uh, and he's a genius marketer. Uh, I learned from him and my third business how to actually market content uh, through uh, the internet and uh, through what he, at the time, this is about 10, 12 years ago, uh, we were calling them 
uh, seminars, now we call them webinars. Uh, so it was primarily <laughs> audio, like uh, as opposed to just, uh, you know, the, the video, uh, th there wasn't enough bandwidth to actually do videos. And the primary thing that I learned from Alex, uh, I mean, actually I learned many things, but I still remember one of the things that he used to say all the time, uh, which actually um, had a lot of impact on me, and I'll explain to that uh, to you in a second. So I used to say, you know, sloppy success is always better than perfect mediocrity. Sloppy success is always better than mediocrity. Than perfect mediocrity. Perfect mediocrity. So I used to be traditionally a perfectionist. Everything has to be lined up perfectly. And if it doesn't, I would not go and do it. And, you know, that thought percolated within me for years until I actually started to give in this whole, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, tendency of perfectionism. And uh, things started moving once I managed to do this much better and much, much more, much more ease than, um, uh, than they used to do before. So that's uh, sort of like a, a second um, uh, you know, um, hero. And then um, uh, a third one, I wouldn't mention actually a single person. It's sort of like the, uh, the number of uh, business owners and uh, CEOs, kind of a collective that I've actually engaged with over the past seven or so, so years, who taught me actually the, um, uh, the, na the human nature of producing transformation and change within businesses. Uh, it's sort of like a collective uh, uh, teaching because, you know, when I engage with a client, I don't regard that as a one way, I'm the teacher, you are the student, but it's actually a two way street. And I learn from them, uh, you know, of course I teach them some stuff and I uh, facilitate um, their teams and I coach and uh, I'm the accountability coach for, for them and, and the teams. But at the, at the end, they also teach me all the uh, imperfections of the real world of, of actually running a business. Uh, you know, kind of on the ground. Uh, and uh, they keep me sort of on my toes with that teaching. So I really uh, not only respect them, but uh, really owe them uh, that continuous lesson that I'm learning. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, uh, one of the things that, uh, you know, uh, we're lifelong learners. We've got to continue to learn uh, because business, business changes. I mean, right. If we sat still during coronavirus, we would be, you know, we wouldn't be doing uh, ourselves justice or anybody else justice. A, a business that doesn't uh, change and doesn't grow with the times goes backwards. Exactly. Just, just look at Kodak. Uh, <laughs> many others. Many others. Absolutely. And, and many others that have names that uh, just really didn't do what they needed to do to get to the modern world. Uh, uh, so, you know, what has been your life journey? What's, uh, you know, you know, has it been good? Has you have, do you enjoy what you do? Oh, I love what I do now. So in terms of life journey, you know, I was born, um, uh, unless you haven't figured out from my thick Boston accent, I was not born in Boston. <laughs> Boston. Uh, I was born and raised in Bucharest, Romania 
which at the time was a communist country, right. managed to defect from, uh, uh, from uh, communist Romania. Uh, I was a student at the time, uh, almost 40 years ago. In fact, this year, I'm going to celebrate myself uh, the, my 40th anniversary as, a, um, as an American. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. And uh, maybe, maybe those 40 years were the 40 years through the wilderness or the desert. So I'm just, right. ab just about to cross the border into the promised land. Well, and uh, the Passover is this Saturday. So uh, exactly. <laughs> it's the right, that's the right time. <laughs> quite, quite fitting. Why do you think that's on my mind now? Right. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, uh, and you know, I went to, uh, I, I actually, uh, I had family in Minnesota, so I landed in Minnesota uh, uh, with my family. I went to graduate school there. And then in 1986, I uh, uh, moved to, to the Boston area for a job. And uh, basically, um, you know, um, you know I've, I've mentioned to you what my professional journey is, uh, has been. But um, really the, the best part of the journey uh, is uh, raising two beautiful daughters, and now I'm the proud uh, uh, grandfather of two uh, beautiful uh, grandsons, and that's essentially what I consider to be the biggest accomplishment of my of my life. Well, I agree with you. I've raised uh, uh, two wonderful daughters and four grandchildren, two daughters and two two granddaughters and two grandsons. So it's a uh, it's it's wonderful to have that kind of legacy. Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, the thing that I keep repeating in my, in my head is that, you know, at the end of the day, or at the end of the life, nobody's going to ask me uh, how many business deals I've done. Uh, ultimately, is the legacy, as you put it very aptly, um, Alan, uh, what's actually uh, the impact on the next generation, the next generation after that, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I believe uh, in, in, in helping businesses, helping people improve their lives. Mm -hmm. I like making a difference in their lives. And when I can make a difference in someone's lives, I'm making it in their world. Now, I leave a legacy there, but, uh, and with all the people that are involved. But my true legacy, yes, is with my family. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I share those feelings exactly. Mm -hmm. So uh, what do you think is the number one issue facing uh, entrepreneurial businesses today? Well, uh, interesting question. And um, this may not surprise any of your listener, listeners uh, or may, but the number one issue that's facing all businesses are people. You know, the joke that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, somebody interviews a CEO and uh, asks the question, you know, so how, how, is, how does he feel to run this business? And he says, you know, he feels quite good, but if I could just get rid of all the employees, it would be so much better. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes, but that's also a major problem. Uh, you get rid of the employees and your business collapses, but that's, a, that's another story. Absolutely. So it, it's really so, so, you know, the, the, the way I put it, uh, Alan, is that 
95 plus percent of all business issues are ultimately at the root cause people issues. They disguise themselves as something else. People complain about, I don't know, the product, the market, the customers, the uh, you know, supply, supply chain, the funding, the investors, the board, the data. The, but at the end of the, the day, you know, when you have an issue uh, in your business, somebody somewhere didn't do or did do something. So it's ultimately um, having the right people in the right seats. And uh, to, to a large extent, I would say that's what uh, um, helping companies implement the entrepreneurial operating system uh, is all about, is ultimately um, giving them the tools and the processes so that they actually can operate the, the, this collective of folk, of people inside the organization right. And that means many things, uh, you know, means whether the organizational structure is the right one, means if you have culturally the right people to uh, into the um, into the business or into the organization. So they um, um, all of them embrace or display most of the core values of the business most of the time, uh, if they actually have a fitness uh, to the function or the job or the seat, as we call them. Uh, that they occupy within the organization, um, if uh, you know their behavioral patterns are the ones that we would desire for a particular uh, seat. You know, having somebody uh, you know uh, who is actually a highly introverted person uh, being in a, in a in a function or in a job that's client uh, client facing most of the time doesn't quite work too well, as you know. Uh, so all this stuff actually um, matters at individual level, but it also matters at the team level, having this whole awareness of what kind of typology your team is and how does the team uh, that you are belonging to, for example, the leadership team, relate to the business goals or, or strategies that need to be implemented. And very often, you know, there is a gap that needs to be actually fixed and uh, you know uh, leaders sometimes uh, spend uh, most of their time dealing with other issues and not as much with people issues which is kind of the almost like the the, the biggest uh, what i would call um, you know people you know quandrum i mean it, it makes no sense to spend most of your time as a ceo for example dealing with issues that don't relate to people because ultimately it's the people that will actually make it or break it in your organization yeah so let's take a break now and when we come back i'll continue the conversation with uh, uh sergio simmel of uh, uh get business momentum uh, I'm Alan Hirsch of Alan Hirsch Advisors, and this has been AHA Business uh, Podcast. Hi, Rick Dempsey here. As a former Oriole and Series MVP, I know a lot about winning and championship teams. Today, I'm happy to tell you about my award-winning web design and internet marketing team, Adventure Web Interactive. For over two decades, many of Maryland's most successful firms have chosen Adventure Web as their strategic partner for web design and online marketing. I can tell you from using them personally, their search engine optimization and social media programs have saved their clients tens of thousands over the traditional pay-per-click digital agency. Visit adventurewebinteractive.com and listen to what clients such as Hercules Fence, 
TriStar Electric, ABC Rental, Rhine Landscaping, Markdowns Office Furniture, and many more highly successful firms have to say. And don't forget to tell them Rick Dempsey sent you. Strengthen, protect, and preserve your retirement nest egg. Scott Garceau here for the Stephen J. Sless Group, Baltimore's reverse mortgage specialist. Reverse mortgages have evolved to become a viable retirement tool. Enjoy retirement without monthly mortgage payments, improve cash flow, pay off debt, and stretch retirement savings. Stephen and his team can offer strategies to make housing wealth work for you. If you're 62 or older, learn if a reverse mortgage could help. Visit reversebaltimore.com. An equal housing opportunity lender. This is not a commitment to lend. Stephen J. Sless, NMLS 298581, BRMI, NMLS 3094. Welcome back to the show. My guest today is Sir Drew Simmel from uh, the owner of Get Business Momentum. Um, and we're talking about uh, business coaching and his experiences with uh, uh, coaching. So how do you serve your clients today? So in several ways, uh, the core of my practice uh, is ultimately um, working with the leadership team mostly uh and uh having them implement this suite of tools and processes which we refer generically as a business operating system or a system for operating the business and then in addition to that uh, um, i uh, uh as i mentioned earlier uh, focus a lot on the people side of the business so i use a couple of uh, platforms uh, that enable me to not only uh, get my clients the self-awareness or the awareness of what uh, kind of uh, patterns uh, exist in the way they do work or other uh, colleagues of them do work or the team does work, but also uh, the uh, uh, awareness or the, the matching between uh, uh, the nature of the teams, starting with the leadership team that they have uh, and the business goals that are at hand. So, and I work uh, uh, primarily with uh, entrepreneurial businesses. So uh, for me, the most important part is the organizational size. Typically, you know, businesses uh, from 10 people to about 500 people, I've had clients that were slightly larger, clients that are slightly smaller, but that's sort of like the, the sweet spot, if you wish. And, uh, and and they are in any industries. Um, I, I mean, I've I've had clients ranging from you know one of the largest uh, dairy farms in Midtown, Man New York, Manhattan, high tech um, uh, marketing firms, and anything in between, uh, and any geography. In fact, right now, client uh, a couple months ago that's uh, mostly located in. Uh, um, in Southern California, but I have clients that are international as well, where the leadership team is in three countries. Yeah, well, uh, I've converted during during this coronavirus uh, and been networking. I mean, the, doing a podcast rather than a local radio show, uh, exactly. which I did. Uh, and uh, I've got clients in South Africa, Scotland, you know, Utah, uh, and it's expanded uh, my practice tremendously. Exactly. Um, so, There's a lining of, uh, of the pandemic, right? Yeah. And uh, I'm still service, servicing my uh, clients here and I don't have to visit them, which takes, you know, for one hour time, it sometimes takes three hours. Exactly. And I can have three appointments with three different clients in that time frame. So it's, uh, it's, it's been transformative. Uh, but you work with clients and 
Uh, you know, so who are your clients and why do they come to you? Well, you know, um, obviously the ultimate decision to engage with me is that of the business owner or CEO. Yes. So I'm going to refer to her or him as sort of the client, even though ultimately this, the whole organization is the client. And, uh, you know, these um, owners and CEOs experience a, a, a number of frustrations in their business. And uh, so there are certain kind of typical frustrations that lead them to, to think that uh, I could actually help them overcome those frustrations. So one of them basically is a frustration of control. You know, they feel that instead of them being in control of the business, almost like the business controls them. So this is the uh, firefighting uh, kind of <laughs> constant firefighting modality where basically, you know, I ask actually sometimes entrepreneurs say, you know, when you started the business, did you think that you are going to spend 80% of your time putting out fires? And of course, the answer is always no. That's not why people start businesses. That's right. Well, it's they not started for quality. Most people started for a quality of life. Exactly. And they lose it almost instantaneously. Instantaneously. Is absolutely right. So that's the, and in my mind, that's nuts. <laughs> that's crazy. It's right. got, and they also have the attitude that, you know, it's part of business that's natural. And I respectfully and lovingly tell them, I, you know, I, I beg to differ. There are ways to actually restore that joy. So that's one frustration. Another frust type of frustration is frustration with people. Uh, you know, it's uh, my uh, team, you know, the left uh, hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. They don't seem to get me. Uh, they are not performing as a team at the level of uh, performance that I expect. Um, they don't seem to be on the same page, et cetera, et cetera. There's a third frustration that has to do to get down to the basics of business with profit. And what I mean by that is lack thereof. <laughs> you know, I mean, we are growing top line tremendously and I'm still losing money or the profit is minuscule and so forth. And of course, uh, you know, a lot of that comes from the fact that the operation or the, the company, the organization doesn't run well. And of course, there's a lot of waste in the pro in the process. And you know, no matter how uh, uh, how uh, solid your gross margins are, at the end of the day, it's the net margins that actually matter. Hey, absolutely, and uh, it it is. And uh, you know, one of the things that I find, uh, people have never raised prices. Just 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 the thought of raising prices. Mm -hmm. exactly. uh, and gives them uh, the chance to increase their bottom line tremendously. So, uh, and of course, you know, so so all of that, so these are just three examples of kinds of frustrations. Of course, there are more um, that make people think that, um, uh, you know, they need to actually change something drastically. And, you know, um, especially for entrepreneurial businesses, uh, and businesses that grow, uh, you know, Things that used to work when we were 36 people and now we are 120 stop working. And, and uh, many business owners and CEOs don't understand how come they used to work just fine. And they are trying to apply the same kinds of structures and the same kinds of processes of running the business now at 120 or one you know, or 237 people that they used to do work at uh, when there were 36 people. 
and um, you know people i mean the businesses go through this evolutionary uh, uh, kind of sequence of stages right. they go that, through stages and unless unless a ceo uh, and this is where uh, part of the ceo's responsibility is prepared to delegate Exactly. And in fact, it's interesting that you're bringing that up because there is a particular tool inside the EOS toolbox called Delegate and Elevate. Right. So essentially, you are delegating stuff that you used to do in order to elevate your own performance so that you can spend more time and energy uh, with what you are really great at as opposed to what you sometimes uh, think you're uh, great at. <laughs> well, that, or you are kind of mediocre at, or very often you really, excuse my my French, suck at. Right. So, so uh, that's yeah. uh, it's 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 a matter of trying to. I mean, I had one client who came out of the military as a sergeant, and uh, uh, he basically took that. That leadership style, which said when you're busy, you lead the forces. You go out and work on on the, and his business was was just flat. It was flat for ten years. It took exactly. him six months to realize that his what he thought was his greatest skill was actually suffocating his business. And so then there he is started delegating. Mm -hmm. And once he started delegating, the next two years his business increased four hundred percent. Exactly. And there is another interesting phenomenon. Many um, founders of businesses, entrepreneurial founders, at some point in time choose, and sometimes even from the beginning, to choose to bring in somebody to operate the business. So who in their minds would have the accountability to run the business. But here's what happens, is that it's very difficult for them, uh, for most of them, primarily from a kind of emotional perspective to actually let go. In other words, to give that person not only the accountability to run the business, but also the authority. I have a client right now uh, that I'm dealing with exactly that, that, that problem where you have a very strong <laughs> leader uh, in the EOS terminology, we call them a visionary and also very strong integrator which is the other function and this duo could actually be you know literally the rocket fuel for the business but there's a very there's very much of a resistance on the part of the visionary to actually let uh, the integrator really run the business so that is a process that's challenging for many entrepreneurs uh, but uh, one thing that i uh, try to get across to them is that without that, essentially they are doomed to be capped to what they can only do. Right, and, and unless they're prepared, I mean, you know, you you look at well, Apple's an example, but they became a great company because Steve Jobs delegated it. He okay. was the, he directed at the top, but he didn't run finance, he didn't run marketing, he didn't run, he ran, he insisted that they stick with why they do what they do, which is to think differently. And everything else he relied on people to invent, to do the, the work, the inventions. And uh, it's, you know, it's uh, the most profitable company in the world and it's the most uh, uh, highly capitalized today. Absolutely. That's and 
because he learned to to give in what when he brought in outside management they almost killed it because they went away from the why but that's another story uh, mm -hmm. but it's it's over and over again uh you've got to delegate you get to these uh businesses get to these plateaus where they they can't grow without the the head uh again setting up another set of delegations So, you know, so why should business leaders, I mean, getting to this, how they focus, focus on business operations when there are no, there, there are so many external challenges. So they well, be focusing uh, on external or focusing on the business operations? Well, you know, uh, the way I think about this, Alan, is that, um, you know, a business is essentially subject to kind of a push-pull type of uh, you know, forces all the time. There's the pool of the markets, and that's basically making sure that you have the right uh, service or the right product or right, the right, right market at the right time. And sometimes, uh, you know, the pool is so strong that, you know, the business grows uh, because there's so much demand. Uh, and then internally, uh, it's chaos. Uh, and then what happens is that occasionally that pool has hiccups or actually starts <laughs> slowing down. Now, one ginormous hiccup is, for example, what do we call those? A pandemic. Oh my God. Right. So, so there's slower pull. Well, if you are prepared, so if your internal matters are actually take, well taken care of, then you can actually continue to grow from the, from the push part. From, from the business itself because you operate very well. And remember, growth is not necessarily you know, top-line growth. You know, what, what I'm always focused on is ultimately the net profit. That's what I mean, really real growth. So to answer your question about why the internal um, operations are equally important, uh, important to you know, the, the focus on the, on the external, well, there are several things. One is what I just said. Another one is basically the quality of your life as a leader in the business. You know, I mean, do you want to do you want to live in chaos, no matter how much money you make or how much pull you have to? You know, uh, it's if you really are honest with yourself, the answer is always no. I don't want chaos. I don't want uh, all this, uh, you know, running around. So uh, having things that are actually proactive, that where, where people literally um, give a lot of thought and they know how to really move the business forward, gain traction in a uh, systematic way is ultimately the sign of a great leadership. And, you know, uh, to use your example with Apple or any other uh, successful companies, the company out there, whether it's a large enterprise or a small entrepreneurial business, we know that uh, you know at some point in time there is also a, um, a cash out opportunity, whether that's going public or uh, selling the company to a to a, a larger company or whatever, and. Uh, when somebody actually uh, goes through an M&A um, uh, type of uh, uh, event, one of the important things 
about valuation is how well the company runs. Because right. if, when somebody buys a business to operate it, and it's true that not all purchases of businesses are with the intention of operating them, but setting that aside, uh, when somebody buys a business to operate it, of course, uh, one looks very carefully as to how much uh, investment and how much money they have to put in to actually fix the operation. And if the operations run, run smoothly, guess what? Your valuation goes up. I've had several clients that went through very successful m transactions. It's a bittersweet uh, situation for me because, you know, it's, it's sweet because they tell me how much the work that we've done together contributed to their right. hardware. It's bitter because they usually stop being my clients because right, now right. they're part of a large enterprise <laughs> and they don't, you know, they, they don't, don't need me anymore. So, uh, so that's another reason to actually focus on how well you operate. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, a business that doesn't have, doesn't get to a certain point, doesn't have uh, middle management that can take over. If someone mm -hmm. wants to come in and operate, is not worth necessarily purchasing. And we are approaching, uh, with this pandemic uh, beginning to end, we're approaching uh, the end of the baby boomers when two-thirds of all businesses in this country are owned by baby boomers. And they're getting older. They're getting to, you know, uh, they're, you know, they're getting up to 75 years old. And there are not enough buyers out there uh, to take care of these companies. So you've got you've to grow them. And you've got to make them profitable and profitable and well run. Exactly. Exactly. So there will be a, a plethora of, of MA transactions uh, over the next five to 10 years, and there'll be a lot of uh, competition. So it's really a buyer's market, not a seller's market. Right. So, in order to position your business the right way so you can actually become a desirable business. You know, there are many components to that. Of course, there is governance. Of course, there is product uh, and market and, and service. But there is also operations. Right. There are. And, uh, well, I want to thank you for your time today and uh, your, your advice to businesses. And I appreciate it. Uh, how can uh, businesses and uh, listeners out there reach you? Well, so one place to go is to, of course, LinkedIn, where we all live, right? So uh, it's, uh, you know, my name is spelled S-E-R-G-I-U, and the last name is S-I-M-M-E-L. So just uh, look me up uh, on LinkedIn, or you can reach uh, me by email at sss at getbusinessmomentum.com, or you can actually just give me a call, 617-731-3132. I'm always uh, eager to pick up uh, the phone and have a conversation with uh, great business uh, leaders uh, or business owners. Well, thank you very much for your time today and for being a guest on the podcast. I'm thank Alan you. Hirsch of Alan Hirsch Advisors, your host. To reach me, uh, visit my website at www.ahaonlinelearning.com. And you can register to get my book, 45-Minute Breakthroughs. You can listen to the podcast of past shows uh, wherever you get your podcast by subscribing to AHA Business Podcast. You may email me at www.allan at allanhirshadvisors.com. Uh, 
I'm Alan Hirsch, and this has been AHA Business Podcast.